Hello and welcome back to Multimodal. I'm your host, Baxter Future. This is a podcast about GPT-3, multimodal AI models like Dolly 2, the company OpenAI. In this podcast, I may talk about new OpenAI research and products, different community initiatives that are going on. I may talk about my own research, my own products. And in this podcast, I definitely try to make sense of what's going on. I try to look at the world from the perspective of a large language model developer or perhaps a Dolly 2 artist. And every once in a while, I'll throw out there, guess, extrapolate on what all of this could mean for the future. This is definitely not a podcast about today. This is a podcast about tomorrow. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Multimodal. We got a very special edition, special Wednesday edition of the podcast. Um, you know, today was the very large OpenAI Dolly 2 announcement. Uh, and so I want to just cover it in detail. Uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from pricing, what was announced, what it could mean for existing users, new users, what all this means for the future. Um, I'm also going to be sharing some of my maybe more personal different emotions I have about this announcement uh, and in many ways why I'm, I'm not necessarily optimistic about what was announced today. So today you are getting you are getting the hot takes um, and uh, I'll also be you know sharing some different predictions. So uh, you know very important podcast today and that's why I feel like you know I got to load up everything we got to record. So uh, before I get there, I, I do want to apologize. I, I have not been uploading as frequently either the podcast or YouTube. Uh, part of the reason is simply I've been working on some Dolly projects of my own behind the scenes. Uh, I already released a video on a Dolly 2 survey, uh, a survey which I conducted about a month and a half ago, trying to understand Dolly's edit capabilities. I published not only my findings of the survey, but all of the data as well. You can find the YouTube video on that. It's on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash future, as well as my Substack newsletter where I documented everything and had the links to all the files that different people could check out, uh, bakztfuture.substack.com. Um, over the past month or so, I've also been working on a top secret project known as Doll Edit. Uh, over the next few days, I'm going to be open sourcing it. It is essentially a data set, uh, which is based off the research that I had conducted. Uh, I'm going to be either releasing a video or talking more about it on the podcast uh, once I release it. But very excited. I spent about a month on doll edit. So I've been doing stuff behind the scenes. And, you know, it's just hard to multitask between work, you know, these side projects that I think are important, as well as just putting content out there uh, for the entire GPT-3 and Dolly community. But with that said, I am back. We are going to be going through today's announcement um, and so let's let's go through that right now. So today, OpenAI announced that Dolly 2 is exiting research beta. It is graduating to regular beta. Uh, they're going to be scaling Dolly to 1 million users. Uh, this is a you know tremendous feat. And by my understanding, it you know it took a lot of work and research to to get the Dolly, particularly around something called inference, to get that even at the scale now is a tremendous achievement. Uh, if you don't know what inference is, so basically when it comes to large language models like GPT-3 or multimodal AI models like Dolly, um, there's kind of like two overall stages for an AI model. So the first is training the model. So you need to you know, get the weights correct and train it on a bunch of data. And then the second stage is inference where you're both basically hosting that trained model. Now, both things are expensive. So... Training is expensive and inference is also expensive. 
And the reason inference is expensive is you need to host these models on these very expensive servers, uh, particularly servers with GPUs. And so you are paying every second that server is running and at a certain scale, like OpenAI scale, um, you know, the inference fees do rack up. Uh, and so uh, all that to say, like, you know, they're going to be scaling Dolly to 1 million and hopefully it's, it's only uphill from there. Uh, the announcement also covered the new quota and pricing structure, um, as well as the, the, you know, they're opening up licensing so people can commercially use Dolly. They have more ownership over the work. In the past, it was basically uh, OpenAI retained ownership of everything, just for the purposes of the research beta. And uh, they also are launching a uh, artist kind of support program. So if you're an artist of need, uh, you know, you you, you want to use Dolly, you want to get some credits going, um, you can also sign up for that program and, and get support. So a lot of things covered. Uh, today, I think I'm just going to be zeroing in on pricing and quotas. Uh, specifically, uh, the main things they've announced, new users will get a total of 50 generations from Dolly for the whole first month. And every month after that will be 25 for the whole month. And to give you an idea for the research beta, uh, we recently just got capped about a week or two ago to 50 a day. So it's going now from 50 a day to 50 a month, um, which is a pretty significant jump. And of course, you can buy more credits. Uh, and so don't quote me on this, but I, I believe it was something like for 15 bucks, you get 115 or, or something like that. I, I encourage you to check it out. I should know off the top of my head, but I don't. It was just announced a couple hours ago. But like, uh, anyways, like the, the additional credit top ups, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's that bad. And like, obviously, it is costing them a lot in inference to, to run this service. Um, and so anyways, like that was sort of like in a, in a nutshell, what was announced today. Um, now my particular issue with the pricing and quota structure, I wrote an article earlier this week about what I call the Dolly to flow state. Um, you know, it, it's funny because so the, the research beta that I was a part of, we basically had unlimited access for like, uh, the first little bit, it must've been at least a month or two in my case. And then they announced the quota maybe two or three weeks ago of 50 a day. Um, and ever since they announced that quota, I just noticed that I was using Dolly a lot less, maybe a tenth of the time, the amount of time that I was using it. And I didn't quite understand why this was the case, because I still was given 50 a day. I just wasn't using it at that full capacity. Um, and I think the reason is that I just found that within the 50 credit limit, I just couldn't hit a flow state. And this word flow state, it took me a while in the article like I to land on that word, but I realized this is a word and a phrase which is consistent across many creative disciplines. So artists will describe a flow state, musicians will describe a flow state, like so like painters, musicians, programmers, even athletes. And so if you don't know what a flow state is, flow state is basically when you're so focused on a skill or a craft or just the process of creation that that's all where your head is at. Like you lose almost your sense of time and reality. You're just lost in your work. You're performing highly. It is the collection of the skills and the muscle memory you've built up up to that point. You have your best ideas. You do your most efficient and effective work. You come up with 
uh, creative creative concepts, you're exploring things. And most importantly, the flow state is almost like this high. It's almost like this rush. Once you hit your flow state for the first time, it feels good. Endorphins get released and you want to continue doing that. You want to continue working hard to get that feeling. And I think uh, it is essential for creatives to hit the flow state in order to become attached to a product, in order to... Uh, you know, get excited about a craft and commit to it for life. They do something once they hit this high performing level and they feel so good. They want to continue doing that for the rest of their lives. Um, now, so I had released this flow state piece. I encourage you to go read it. It's on my newsletter, bakztfuture.substack.com. And I basically argued that under the current quota structure, even, even the one you know, two, three days ago before today's announcement um, with uh, 50 a day, I just felt I couldn't hit my flow state. Most of my best dolly prompts and renders and ideas happened well after 50. And so on top of that, you'd hit the 50 and then you'd have to pause and try to get back into the flow state the next day. And so in the article, I basically argued that this is a serious problem with the product you need to be able to hit a flow state. Um, and this is not just my experience. I think this this problem is, uh, is, is across the board for every Dolly user and especially for new Dolly 2 users. Uh, if you've never hit, if you never hit that flow state because the quota now is 50 for the whole month, uh, you may never get attached or uh, get addicted to the product and benefit from it, see it as a creative discipline or tool in the same ways I have as a part of the research beta. And the other problem with not hitting a flow state is I think it has a halo effect on everything else uh, in terms of the success of Dolly 2, its community, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have lower quality work, we'll have fewer things we'll discover, we'll have less collaboration because people don't want to spend their credits um, we'll have fewer ideas, uh, we'll have, um, you know, a lot more thought put into our prompts. They'll be too premeditated, so it can't quite as be as experimental. Uh, it of, of course reflects, affects the retention, right? Of the, within the Dolly product. Like I said, even with a 50 a day limit now, I'm using it a 10th the amount of time that I would have used it that I was using it before. So the retention is also affected. And of course, the virality, I think people need to get to a flow state uh, in order to want to tell their friends about it, that this product is so good. I, you know, I felt good. I felt it was an experience. It was incredible. It was eye opening. Uh, all these things get affected because I just don't think under the previous pricing and quota model and the current one that you can get to that flow state. Um, and so I'm really glad I put out this article. Uh, it turns out many other Dolly 2 beta users are feeling the same way. And I, I just, part of the reason I, I wrote the post is to raise the alarm. I think this is a very serious problem that is very pervasive that does affect the success of the product. Um, it affects it in all of these different ways. It's particularly retention and virality. And long-term, I just, I don't think you know, it's, I, I don't quite know, like if, if 1 million users get to it and they don't hit that flow state, I, I, I just don't think that's a good outcome versus, you know, 1 million users get to it and they do hit flow state. They have an amazing experience and they're fans for life. Um, 
And so all of all of this is to say, so on one hand, I'm excited. The product is scaling to 1 million users, 1 million new faces. But I, I just I am concerned about this prod about this pricing quota structure. I want to raise the alarm. I'm not sure what can be done. Maybe the costs for Dolly are, are so astronomical um, that they have no choice. However, I, I just don't think OpenAI has done a good job with the rollout either. I did tweet a week or two ago that they should disclose their costs to run Dolly. Um, I was ridiculed on Twitter for suggesting such a thing that a private corporation would disclose their costs. But I think it could be good because most people don't know about AI inference costs. They don't know that if the resolution of the image gets even a little bit bigger, you know, the costs are far, far greater, right? They don't know that. And so I, I think that, you know, maybe some disclosures could have been done, uh, maybe even indicating, you know, we, we know this isn't quite as much people would like, but, you know, we're working on reducing the costs. We're working on offering additional features, um, maybe making the model better. I'm sure OpenAI has some plan with alignment. So you'll have to enter fewer prompts. Like, I'm just saying, like, there wasn't any of that. And I think they could have at least disclosed their margins. Like, look, we're only making 10% off of Dolly right now. It is so expensive to run. You have no idea. Um, but anyway, so all of that is to say is, you know, um, I feel a little bit like, so I'm excited. It's, you know, I'm pro access. I'm excited. It's getting to 1 million people, but I just, I, I am, I am concerned about this, uh, overall user experience as a result of users not being able to hit a Dolly flow state. And so this is why, like, I've, I've you know, I regret saying this, but you know, in my first, you know, impressions of Dolly in that video, in that podcast episode, I said at the end that I think Dolly, uh, if it, you know, continues doing what they're doing, if they make it safer, if they open up access, I said Dolly could be worth billions of dollars, multi-billion dollar product. Um, the flow state stuff is so critical to, for users to be able to reach it. It is so critical, I feel, for OpenAI to understand this idea of flow state, how many generations it takes for people to get there. You know, what does it feel like? What does it look like? Um, because I feel under the current quoting uh, quota uh, regime and structure, I don't think most new users will hit a flow state. Same with existing users. Um, I, I no longer think in its current state, Dolly 2 is a multi-billion dollar product. In fact, I think it's probably worth 500 million, anywhere from 100 million to 500 million. Uh, and I am slashing my valuation and prediction around this product by many orders of magnitude. Um, that's just where I come out. Now, I could be completely wrong. Uh, maybe they have data that shows new users are unaffected with or without a flow state. Maybe there's no other options here. Um, the problem is that I just, I cannot... Uh, back that statement that this is a multi-billion dollar product if the flow state stuff is is not on the table um at now what i'm most uh scared about all this stuff is you know the current pricing model is based on credits i'd already said in a previous podcast episode I, i'm not a fan of credit-based pricing um it makes me feel like i'm at an amusement park it makes me feel like I'm at some arcade and I got to go to mommy and ask her for $10 and then take that $10 bill and get change for it just so I can play on the arcade machine for a few minutes. Um, 
And on top of that, what what I what I dislike the most about this credit structure, it just feels a lot like the stock photography sites, which I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of Storyblocks, iStock Photo, any of these, uh, you know, uh, current ways that creatives may may get images. Um, and in the past, like I'm on record, you know, I said that I think there are attacks on creatives. I think they're rent extractors. I think they're exploitative. Um, my problem with the current pri pricing regime that OpenAI is proposing is I think it puts them on the same level as the other stock photography websites. It's a very similar structure. And for that reason, I'm slashing the valuation to a stock photography like startup. Um, and it shames, I, like I'm ashamed to admit, it. I don't want to say that that's how much I'm slashing this valuation. But I, I mean, part of the reason I, I am is I think that's what the pricing model indicates. The previous multi-billion dollar valuation that I had suggested, it wasn't a hype thing. You know, I felt we have a real creative tool on our hands here. I feel we had something very big, very important, very transformative, and we still do. But I I just think under the current pricing regime, um, it it just it's it just pans out more like a stock photography company than a creative tool. I think the important insight, and I tweeted this uh, later on this week, I think yesterday, <clears throat> um, I tweeted that without creatives being able to hit a flow state, you do not have a creative tool product. And I think this is the most important insight uh, that I have is people need to hit a flow state in order for this to be a creative tool product. If people do not hit a creative tools, creative if people do not hit a uh, creative flow state, you have a stock photography site <laughs> and it should be evaluated as such. Um, and now with all of that said, like I, you know, I hope the costs go down over time. I hope they do make product improvements. Surely the pricing will evolve and eventually Dolly will be worth multiple billions of dollars. All I'm saying is for now, I, simp I simply cannot, you know, indicate that valuation anymore. I do have to slash it. The flow state stuff is just so important. Um, and, uh, you know, like, I I think like, um, you know, maybe there's not much we can do here. I'm still excited that a million users are going to get access. But at the same time, like, I do worry how this stuff is going to pan out. And my biggest fear about how it's going to pan out, I'm scared that users will pull up to the site. Um, barely get an idea about what Dolly's about. They'll enter a few prompts for fun. Um, and since they never hit the flow state, I actually think these users will churn. Um, because they didn't establish a special connection with the product, because they weren't able to practice uh, at the level of something like Photoshop or a drum set or a clarinet or painting, um, you're just in a different category altogether. And so I'm actually not just concerned about the product's virality, but also it's it's long term retention and all of this stuff as well. Um, I'm a little bit scared. You know, what what will the retention curves be like? You know, uh, if you had asked me a few weeks ago, I mean, I was under the perspective that this product was going to go bank gangbusters and, you know, everybody in the world would be using it. I think I said everybody K to 12. I just I guess what I'm realizing now is it's probably going to be a longer term game than that. I think it might be a year or two, maybe longer as scaling access improves, maybe as the pricing goes down, as the pricing becomes more generous. I just think whatever I whatever I said in the first impressions that you have a multi-billion dollar product, 
I just think it might be a year or two before it actually gets there. And I, I don't know, like, I, I think there is something about lightning in a bottle and capturing it. Unfortunately, with GPT-3, as a result of access and pricing, uh, I don't think they were quite able to capture the actual hype and interest in their product at the right time. And it's only happening now that I think GPT-3 is organically growing. It's gotten like a thousand times better, where I feel like it's at a place where um, it may actually capture a lot of the value that it has the potential of creating. Uh, I think Dolly is heading down a similar direction. Like I think maybe a year or two from now, we'll see peak Dolly. It's just a shame that I don't think that lightning in a bottle will be captured uh, here right away. Um, and I just like, I also find it interesting because everybody in the space before the Dolly 2 announcement knew this kind of stuff is very expensive. All the small startups knew, mid-journey knows, everybody knows that it's very expensive to run these text-to-image models. I guess I'm a little bit disappointed as well. I thought maybe OpenAI had something figured out. I thought they would be able to be more generous with uh, the pricing offerings. Um, and I honestly thought maybe the bet was bigger. Uh, like I mentioned in a previous podcast, I'd be willing to run Dolly at a loss. 100 million plus for like a year because I would be so confident that at the end, I would win over the whole world. Um, and from there, I can do whatever I want um, and, you know, make money through that process, maybe reduce the costs, all that stuff. Uh, so anyway, so with all that said, like, that's just where I come out on the announcement. Now, with that said, <laughs> um, I still think you should try, Dolly. I still think you should sign up for the wait list. Uh, many people have been signing up for the waitlist a few times and I've been hearing they've been getting access that way. You didn't hear that from me. You also didn't hear maybe put Dolly 2 in your bio, you know, maybe, you know, spruce up the social media here and there, uh, you know, up your little art, uh, art resume. <laughs> you didn't hear that from me either. Um, but, uh, I, I still think it's an incredible experience and I encourage everybody to maybe prepare more for once you do get access. Try to make the most of your 50 credits. Uh, you know, study art history, type in hashtag Dolly2 on Twitter, review the different prompts and generations people are getting. Um, uh, my other piece of advice is to uh, sort of play the long game here. I think Dolly2 is panning out in such a way that it's kind of like every other artistic discipline. If you sign up for art school, you still have to figure out how do you get the money together for your paint and all your materials. If you're a musician, uh, buying the expensive equipment, uh, you know, you need to fund the hobby is what I'm saying. You, you, you have a very expensive hobby on your hands. Um, and so it's kind of unfortunate, but I think for now, Dolly is panning out in such a way that uh, you should consider side hustles. You should consider these kinds of things in order to uh, afford the credits. Um, and, uh, I guess my final piece of advice is like to, tr to try to make the most of it is, um, definitely, uh, try to like, try to just visualize things better in your head. Um, and there's many ways to do this, many techniques, but, uh, even now, if you don't have access, if you want to practice your painting skills, writing skills, um, if you want to use other multimodal AI tools like Disco Diffusion or Midjourney, practice the art of writing prompts um, in advance. I, I I think that'd be a good idea. You want to not only get practice with the language and 
tying language to visualization in your head, uh, you also, uh, you just want to get uh, sort of maybe you might hit that flow state with mid journey or the other tools. Uh, and so then you can bring that over to Dolly as well. So that's my advice for people. I still think you'll love it. I still think you'll get excited. I still think the community will see lots of growth and interest and interesting art. Don't get me wrong. It's not over. I guess my fear is we may lose a lot of users the same time we gain new ones. And my problem with that kind of situation is it's very hard to tell that from the data. Um, and so, like, again, like, I don't have the data. <laughs> Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe OpenAI is making the right informed decision or these are the only options they have. Uh, but I just uh, I guess all I'm saying is. I, you know, sometimes I, I take pride in the fact that I'm willing to talk about things nobody else is willing to talk about. I'm willing to ask important questions. Maybe I'm super wrong on all of this, but I'm also speaking on what I think is the best interest for the community as well as the best interest for OpenAI. The flow state stuff is no joke. I think it's in the best interest of the company to focus in on flow state and get that right because I think that's a situation where everybody is happy. Uh, so I talked about the announcement, uh, you know, all the different ways sort of my position is maybe maybe becoming more conservative about it. You know, like I said, it's not over. I still highly encourage people to try Dolly, use it, buy the credits, pay the credits if you can afford it. Um, and of course, uh, uh, the positive in today's announcement was first piece, a million users. Second piece is now you can pay, which is also nice because of course people like me are willing to pay. Um, <clears throat> And then I guess the, the third piece was just the commercial licensing as well. Uh, you can now use Dolly in a commercial situation. People can start making money for Do from Dolly. We can start to have a you know real art history movement with real dollars beside it. So I don't want that stuff to be overshadowed by the pricing and quota stuff. The pricing and quota stuff is just really top of mind. And of course, I, I do want to apologize to the team at OpenAI. Like you know, this is you know really a topic I'm, I'm really passionate about. Um, and of course, I, I know everybody of that team means well and is doing the best they can. And of course, I, I do want to congratulate the team at OpenAI for for not just delivering Dolly, but making it up to this point. Uh, now, I do want to chat about the commercialization piece. This is something that I've been kicking around, I guess, since last week. So um, last week, I tweeted two things uh, which were a little bit controversial. So uh, the first thing I tweeted is that my starting rate for any Dolly 2 consulting is $300,000 for six images. Um, and uh, I, I tweeted this, you know, as a really provocative thing. I think it got some conversations going. Part of the reason I tweeted this last week is, uh, you know, up until last week, it was kind of a faux pas to talk about making money in the Dolly 2 community is kind of frowned upon. Um, but I, I personally believe it's really important for artists to be able to make money and sustain a living uh, in order for the success of Dolly. And also, like, I just I just don't like that creators and artists historically just suffer so much. <coughs> and so my thinking was with this tweet that I will set the hourly rate <laughs> and my rate will be $300,000 starting just for six images. And I am absolutely going to withhold this rate. If somebody, if Pepsi, if Airbnb, if any of these companies want to work with me, this is my starting rate. And I guess what I'm saying is I encourage all Dolly users, if you're heading in that commercialization direction, uh, 
Yeah, I think it'd be cool if we all kept a really high starting rate. There's no reason why this stuff has to be erased to the bottom. Uh, like, unfortunately, illustration or graphic design or these things turned out. Uh, we can all charge high rates, make living out of this, <laughs> and um, make tons of money and also make the best work ever. And uh, I think, you know, there is some talk about AI art and all this stuff. Like, is it real? How can you say that? The AI does all the work, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My advice is ignore the haters. It is an art. It is a craft. It takes, you know, it takes genius. And you do need to build an intuition around prompt design. Some people do have an aptitude for prompt design. Uh, it's not something that comes to everybody right away. And, uh, you know, a lot of the point of Dolly is it forces you to focus on your imaginative abilities. And so in a way, now that the skill gap is removed, it boils down to just imagination between you and the best artists in the world. And so I just think it'd be cool if we all just set a high rate and kept the market rate high and people are able to pay their bills, feed their families and be successful creatives. Um, <coughs> I happen to think that economic empowerment is really important. Uh, I also tweeted after that, I tweeted something like my Dolly 2 art is already worth millions of dollars. And look, I understand that's, you know, a crazy statement. Maybe I come off a little bit narcissistic. I'm talking my own book. I understand all these criticisms, but let, let's, let's, let's keep it honest here, right? Like I think Dolly is a significant development in the art history world. Um, 10 years from now, we will be looking back at AI art. Dolly will be a significant discussion and my work along with other people's work, including your work will be valuable. Uh, there are plenty of examples of art throughout history, which is worth millions of dollars. And to me, it doesn't sound that crazy that any of our work, maybe not even mine, any of your work could be worth millions of dollars. And so, uh, this is also another thing. It doesn't have to be a race to the bottom right? We can charge millions of dollars. Art is subjective. You know, we got a little piece of history here. I think AI-based art will be uh, the defining creative movement this decade. It is going to be much bigger. All of this stuff is is just the beginning. And so we are pioneers in, 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 in a very real way. And so whatever we make has intrinsic, it has value. It has intrinsic value. It has value, subjective value. Um, and it may be a little piece of history that, that you're working on here without even realizing it. So my, I guess my problem is the community themselves, um, not valuing their own work. Um, and if it were up to me, like I, I'd rather set my own rates. Um, I'd rather become economically successful. And I, I definitely think there's something about art where commercial incentives do matter. Um, you know, having commercial incentives, being able to make money, create creates a healthy community and allows you to do your best work in addition to just paying your bills. And so I, I, I understand these tweets are provocative. You know, maybe I'm a little bit off the rails with all this stuff, but I just, I want to put it out there and at least be thought provoking and get the conversation going. Uh, there's, you know, there's probably real money to be made here and real artistic careers. We should go for it. Um, finally, I, uh, I guess the last two things are I've been, uh, Working on part two of GPT X Dolly at our multimodal future. Um, I just wanted to say that um, it's kind of nice to take uh, 
a step away from the entire space, all the going-ons, pricing, all these nitty-gritty kinds of things. Um, and I guess uh, I've been sort of kicking around, what will uh, a tool like Dolly look like two to four years from now? What will be possible? And I just want to say I'm like viscerally very excited working for this, working on this series. Um, I've sort of been thinking through where the space is going, thinking, try to, trying to think it through from first principles. And the possibilities we will have two to four years from now are going to be so exciting. Um, things you can't even imagine. And, you know, uh, you'll see a lot more sophistication. You'll see a lot more professional capabilities that you don't have now. You'll be able to create things you couldn't have imagined. And so, like, I just, I wanted to put it in there that it's like, it's kind of like right now I'm, I'm sitting on what I think is the future. And it's really, really exciting to think about. And that's part of the other reason I, I encourage everybody to check out Dolly now is all of this stuff is the beginning of something much bigger than every, any one of us. And so the next version of the series is, is really, really exciting. I've got some crazy ideas about what, what will be possible two to four years from now. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's definitely, definitely something to look forward to. I'm going to be reaching out to a few people, select people in the multimodal AI community just to get their feedback. And so I can't wait once I have some product mockups going just to hear from them, hear their thoughts. And, uh, there's a lot of bold moves. I, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is that multimodality is about so much more. Uh, Dolly does a great job. But multimodality is a much bigger thing that we barely understand. So I'm really excited for the series part two. Um, just as an aside, I, I, I may be launching like something like I'm calling like a YC for Dolly 2 artists. So if you don't know, YC is like it stands for Y Combinator. Uh, they are a startup funder accelerator. Um, and they basically give you money to help your startup in exchange for equity. I'm thinking to launch like a small pilot independent program for select Dolly 2 artists. Uh, maybe I will just personally fund uh, their their credits, hopefully needs-based kind of situation. Uh, and I just want to personally just support people in the community who are up to great things. Uh, and I'm not taking any equity or anything like that. This is this is purely just to help people. Um, and so, yeah, that look out for that. I may set up like a, a sign-up list or something. Um, hopefully for new Dolly 2 users who, who could use help. Um, the final piece is, um, in today's podcast, like, I just want to disclose, like, I'm, I kind of want to shift and, uh, experiment more with the style of YouTube videos, the way I tweet, uh, different stuff going on in the newsletter. Um, <clears throat> Uh, the short of it is that I'm tr transitioning more to an artist myself. Um, I also feel like I, I do have more thoughts and actually emotions that I, I want to share with the community. And finally, I was watching my own stuff. I was watching other stuff on YouTube. And I just feel like a lot of the content in the GPT-3 Dolly kind of space is is kind of, it like kind of looks a certain way. It kind of sounds a certain way. And... I just don't feel like the the kind of content I've been making has been authentically me. And I actually want to express myself more. Um, so this will be experimental. I may lose a lot of viewers. I'm not sure. 
But I guess I'm just giving you a heads up. You know, we are heading probably, it's what I'm calling season two of Vax T Future. Uh, it's going to be a completely new approach to my YouTube videos. I'm still going to make resources. I'm still going to be creating valuable things. I'm just saying, get ready for a new gear. Get ready for to be challenged. Get ready for some more thought-provoking stuff. And I also was kind of listening to some stuff I've been doing. And lately, I've been feel I, I was feeling like I'm just way too filtered sometimes. And like, I I really want to create content that connects with people in a really authentic way. And maybe flex some of my artistic muscles as well. So please don't panic. <laughs> Get ready. Backstreet Future Season 2 is coming. Uh, and so anyways, uh, in a nutshell, we talked about the Dolly 2 announcement in detail. Uh, very big news today. Uh, and I, ha I also actually recorded a Twitter Spaces event uh, with, uh, you know, some uh, very select Dolly 2 users to talk more about the announcement. So hopefully that podcast episode is is dropping tomorrow as well, where you'll get our first reactions. Uh, today we talked about the announcement. Today I talked about the series 2.0. Uh, I talked about uh, my thoughts on commercialization with Dolly, why it's important for everybody to keep their rates high. I teased the YAC for Dolly 2 artists that I'm starting. It's going to be a fun side project, cost me a decent chunk of change. And lastly, I talked about sort of the creative direction I'm going with my channel and my other kinds of work going forward. Um, wow, what a whirlwind of a podcast episode today. Thank you so much if you made it this far for uh, tuning in to Multimodal by Backstreet Future. Multimodal by Backstreet Future is available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, available on YouTube, youtube.com slash BAKZTFuture. You can find me on my newsletter, BAKZTFuture.substack.com. And make sure you're following along with Twitter at BAKZTFuture. That's where I'm sharing up-to-date news, up-to-date thoughts I have. If you want to be in the pulse of the space, uh, uh, my Twitter account at BAKZTFuture is the place where you can keep up. I try to curate as much stuff going on as I can, share my thoughts, share my insights. And also now with season two, I think you're going to see some more artistic expression, some more entertaining stuff going on. So anyways, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you again. I'll catch you the next one. Bye. <laughs>